Bless us, O Lord, for these thy gifts, which we are about to receive from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, you've probably been somewhere where they said grace just like that. For me, it was dinner with my grandparents. When we would all get together as a family, that was grace. Grace is all about being thankful for what we've been given, for the opportunities we've been given. But thankfulness is a hard thing to maintain all the time. It's hard to be thankful, grateful, all the time for the things we have, especially when stuff isn't going very well. It's easy to get distracted by the problems that we forget about the good things that we already have. And this isn't a new problem. It's not a 2019 problem. It's not a millennial problem. It's not, I wish things were like the good old days type problem either. It's just a people problem. Like, we'll go all the way back right now to Exodus. Exodus chapter 16 starts like this. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. We're about halfway through the second month after they had just escaped Egypt. Whatever resources they had taken with them must have been running out. So now they're hungry and they're just complaining. They want to go back to Egypt where they had their meat and their bread and they could eat as much as they wanted. Forget the slavery part. Forget the cruel treatment part. At least there was food. Have you ever been in a situation where you accepted way more negativity and darkness around you because it provided one thing that you needed? For some reason, you didn't feel like you were able to accomplish that goal or acquire that thing that you needed without surrounding yourself with all of this darkness and pain. I mean, it's not true. That's what the Israelites want to go back to. That's what we do. If I can turn this financial for a second, it's why we all have credit card debt so high. And Maybe you don't, and that's awesome for you. I am I'm very glad for you, and you should tell me how you did that. But we have credit card debt because we want something. We need something. And so we give ourselves debt in order to acquire that thing. Now, sometimes it's necessary. Most people live paycheck to paycheck. You don't have money for the serious car repair that suddenly showed up. Or the medical bill that you had to get because you got sick. You got hurt. So use a credit card. But did you really need the TV, video game system, the new stereo? No, probably not. But because we like to grumble in the wilderness, we'll settle ourselves up to that store card with the 35% interest rate and put hundreds of dollars on it because we just have to have it now. 
The Israelites were not grateful for their freedom. They focused on the problem, which was they're hungry. Is hunger a worthwhile problem to focus on? I would say so. But not like this. Because what they do here is they forget their freedom. They forget the blessing of not being enslaved anymore. All they see is the hunger. They don't say, hey Moses, hey Aaron, praise God that we're free. Thank you for being obedient and leading us out, but we have a food problem. Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now Moses and Aaron aren't the great liberators who God empowered to lead the people away from Egypt and give them victory over Pharaoh. No, it was their fault that everyone was hungry and they just let everyone out here to die. Talk about a complete 180 in how you view your situation, how you view the people that helped you out of that darkness and showed you that there was more. Now they're the cause of the problem. It's easy to forget when you're focused on the problem that you're in the middle of the solution Sometimes the solution is a process. The Israelites are traveling through the wilderness. They're in process. They're going to the promised land. They're not there. There was no blue portal, orange portal, go through. Oh, you're at the promised land now. No, they had to travel. They were in process. And when you're in the process, sure, the way it used to be looked good because at least you had that one thing. But you forget all of the worst things. And when God takes you out of a situation, it's not so you can go back into the situation. It's so he can give you a new one. The promised land. That's where they were going. God wants to give you a new situation where you don't feel the burden, don't have the shackles from the old one. You're not a slave anymore. Now, I could go on and on about this passage, but if we want to see an example of what being grateful looks like, we're not going to get it here. Because they get the manna from heaven, and they get the quail at night, and then they still complain. So, we're going to have to go somewhere else. So, let's go to the book of Luke. Let's see how Jesus interacts with thankfulness. Luke 17 starting at verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers, who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. 
And lest we forget, Jesus was a Jew. So he heals these ten lepers who weren't supposed to go near anyone. They were unclean. They were outcast. So when it says they stood at a distance, they were doing the right thing. And they didn't even ask to be healed. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And then Jesus tells them to go to the priests, and then they were healed along the way because they had to. Because if you were called unclean, you had to go to the priests, and the priests had to go through this ritual. You had to go through a process to be declared clean and then be allowed back into society. So Jesus sends them back, but just one. We don't know if the other people were Samaritans. We don't know what happened to them after this. We know this one came back. And Jesus, I think, has a response that a lot of us would have, that Jesus models for us here, and even in our not 100% God, 100% man bodies and brains, we go, yeah, this makes sense. Because his first response is to be annoyed. Where's all the other people? Why just this guy? Why didn't anybody else show up? But notice what happens here. Because this man comes with gratitude, thankfulness. He's praising God. And he gets to Jesus and he falls to his feet. And Jesus' first response is, yeah, where are the other ones? But he doesn't focus on it. After he says that, Jesus pivots. And he says to the one who came back, your faith has made you well. See, Jesus didn't focus on the problem. He acknowledged a problem, but he didn't focus on it. He focused on the one with the gratitude. It doesn't say in this verse that the other nine suddenly got leprosy again. Jesus didn't take away the healing, but that one got to have a special encounter with Jesus because he was thankful. And Jesus acknowledged that. And the nine who didn't come back, they were probably pretty grateful that they weren't sick anymore, that they were healed. But they just focused on the end result. I'm healed now, with no appreciation to God who was the one who healed them. Whatever situation you've gone through, you've been through, God carried you through. And it's easy to pay that lip service. I bet when these nine men went home, went to see friends that maybe they hadn't seen in a long time, oh, how'd you get healed? Oh, Jesus healed me. They acknowledged who did it, but didn't do it to him. They didn't thank him. This one did. And when we tell the story, oh, my mom was there for me. My brother, my sister was there for me. These people were all there for me. Do we acknowledge God as much as we should? That's a question you're going to have to ask yourself. I can't speak to what God would convict you of. Or maybe you have that attitude. And if you do, that's awesome. Good job. For those of us who struggle a bit more with that, let's look at one more example. We're going to stay in the Gospels, but we're going to go to John. It's John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus. Now, at the point of the story that we are going to jump in here, Jesus has shown up. Lazarus is dead for four days. 
Jesus has cried at this point. He's moved by the sadness and the great love that he sees all the people have. And we pick up at verse 38. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came from the, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you if you believed you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Jesus is singularly focused here. There is no problem for him to Earlier in this chapter, Jesus is told that Lazarus is dead. And he says, no, he's only fallen asleep. Jesus doesn't even acknowledge the problem of death in this passage. He has one focus, and that is to bring glory to the Father. And before he even speaks the words, before Lazarus comes out, we get this little prayer. And it starts with, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. He's expressing gratitude to the Father for hearing him, for having that relationship. It's kind of like when your kids buy you a Mother's Day or a Father's Day. And maybe that maybe they're not old enough to be good at writing or something, but you get this card and it just says, like, thank you for being my dad or thank you for being my mom. It's it's really sweet. It makes your heart melt. Like, but you don't, it's like you don't need to be thanked for it. Nothing would ever change that. But the gratitude, the gratitude is a big deal. And Jesus even explains why he says this. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. See, gratitude has power. When people see genuine acts, of thankfulness and gratitude. It changes a room. In a world full of grumbling and complaining, a true act of gratitude changes everything. It certainly can. At the very least, it makes people who complain all the time feel really guilty about complaining all the time. There's a conviction there. Because why wouldn't there be? When you see somebody doing the right thing, the thing you know you're supposed to do, and know you're not doing it, there's some guilt that goes with that. Some conviction that comes along with that to know that you should be doing better. So Jesus thanks the Father for hearing him, and then he raises Lazarus. What does your relationship with God look like right now? Are you complaining a lot? Now, I've said this in other episodes, and I will continue to say it. I don't think we need to have such an attitude towards prayer to God that we don't voice our complaints, we don't voice our issues. Any relationship you have where you don't feel like you can voice what your problems are is not a relationship that's really helping you. 
friendship, romantic relationship. Like it's not it's not benefiting you if you don't feel like you can talk about at least some of your problems. So I don't think we shouldn't bring our complaints to God. In fact, quite the opposite. I think we should. But if that's all we can focus on are the problems, the complaints, then we're missing the most important part. We're missing the gratitude. Maybe you don't have as much as you want, as much insert your thing here as you want. But do you have enough? Maybe you could use more. But do you have what you need? Are you thankful for what you do have? Or are you more focused on what you don't? Are you sitting around wishing things were back the way they used to be? Forgetting how grateful you were when you were freed from that situation? These are questions you have to answer for yourself. But ultimately, what we all need is to have a thankful attitude where we don't just focus on the problems. We acknowledge them, sure. We bring them to God, absolutely. But we don't forget to be thankful for what he's already done for us. With that, let's pray. God, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you that you continue working all the time in the big things and the little things. We pray that you would help us to appreciate what we have, not be consumed with the idea that we don't have enough. Help guide us to make the best use of the resources you have provided us. Help us to be grateful when you give us more. Help us to be grateful when you say we have enough and guide us into the right thing to do no matter what we have. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can find me on Twitter at SPPreacherPod. You can email me at thesingleparentpreacher at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. I know how important it is. I know how precious it is. And I know how little of it you have. Not literally, but I know how busy we all can be. So I want to thank you for taking a little bit of that time to listen to me and hear God's word. Hope that it was encouraging. And until next time, be thankful because God gave us all that we could ever need.